0: I want to talk to you some more about this thing called cycles and breaking free. Anybody interested in getting free today? And, uh, And so as we began this a couple of weeks ago and went in last week, here's where we were last week in this beginning slide. Out of Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore having been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. <clears throat> and so I want you to see the the second line of this and the present experience of this in the statement we have peace. Everybody say that, I have peace, because if you are justified by faith, you have peace with God, and and that's your present experience. It's how I live. The just shall live by the peace of God, and I want to kind of break that down for you today and, uh, and really delve into that and talk to you about the faith that produces peace, so uh, think about that, by faith we're justified and that faith produces peace, therefore we have peace with God. The just shall live by faith that produces peace. Now think about that, and I want to I give you a couple of verses here, Romans 1, This was a common way that Paul greeted and opened up a lot of his uh, letters to the churches, and in Rome... He says, um, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, think about this. To all who are in Rome, believed, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace. Now remember, in the beginning of this, I talked to you about how grace is the desire and power to do God's will. In Philippians 1.13, it says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So what God gives you in grace is he gives you the desire and the power to do his will. Without the grace of God, you would not even have the desire, nor would you have the will to do his will. But when God's grace comes, he wakes up this desire in you and he gives you the power to do it. And that's a powerful thing, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, why? Because I had no desire and I had no power. But grace is the desire and power to do his will. Then he says grace and peace. So if grace is the desire and power to do his will, Peace is how you know the will of God. You should make note of that because this is going to be a really important part of what we're talking about this morning as we get into this. Peace is how you know the will of God. Now, Romans 8, 7, it's interesting, we're in the book of Romans. By the way, I, I recorded the first lesson on videotape this week of my book of Romans Bible study. I haven't put it out there yet because I've got to you know, get some notes. I'm going to put some notes that you can download, and I'm going to give you, a, a, you know, an edited version so you can put 30 minutes a day or 30 minutes a session and get through the entire book of Romans. And when you come out, you will understand with great depth and clarity what the message of the just is. The just shall live by faith. Are you excited about that? I am. So anyway, um, grace is the desire and power. Peace is how you know the will of God. Now listen to Romans 8, 7. For to be carnally minded is death. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everybody say life and peace. Now the word life here in Romans 8-7 is the Greek word zoe, and it's, the, it's not the word bios where, where there are several Greek words for life in the New Testament. The word zoe in this particular place is the word for God's kind of life. It's a particular kind of life, it's zoe, it's eternal life, it's, it's, it's the kind that... Jesus that Jesus said, I've come that you might have Zoe, God's kind of life. How many of you are tired of living the carnal kind of life that is death, but you're ready to embrace God's kind of life? So the, the, the spiritually minded person, it, what happens in a spiritually minded person is it produces God's kind of life and Peace. Everybody say peace. All right, so what does that mean, Pastor Mike? I mean, what, is, what does this peace mean? See, peace here is represented as an environment. Gee, it talks about your walking in the peace of God. So I want you to think about it like as an environment. It's, it's what's around you. It's what surrounds you. Because as believers, peace isn't just a, Uh, uh, an easy feeling, unlike the ego saying about, I got a peaceful, easy feeling. How many of you know that peace has nothing to do with your feelings? Let me tell you something else. Peace has nothing to do with your circumstances either. Peace is a person. (laughs) Peace is not a, peace is not your, your, uh, your feelings, peace is a person, and this person is Jesus, and Jesus comes, and he says, he he says, I come to give you my peace. Why? So we can walk in an environment. did you never notice Jesus never got stressed out? You ever see Jesus have a meltdown? Did Jesus ever lose it and give somebody a piece of his mind? Y'all better watch that, y'all, you're going to need some of those pieces one day. He's, he's, he says, "He says peace is an environment. What happens is there's there's two different ecosystems. You know, an ecosystem is the environment. It's what it's what affects everything around and has the influence on something. So here's here's the two ecosystems: carnal, carnally minded, an environment where your carnal means the flesh. It means you're thinking and living in a fleshly realm." And, the, and what is produced by that to be carnally minded is death. It's a, it produces death. It's like, it's like if you took a really good seed. How many of you, what, what, kind, of, what kind of environment do you need to grow? Well, let me ask you a question Would it be a good idea to go outside today and plant some seeds? Probably not so much. Because the environment is not gonna allow this seed to grow, right? Hello? Let me tell you something too. Is Jesus a good seed? But if you bring Jesus into a carnal mind, what will it produce? Death. Jesus said himself, he said, a man, a sower went out to sow seed. And when he sowed, he's found four types of soil, right? Even good seed needs a good environment. Stay with me here now. I'm I'm here to help you. I want to encourage you today. We're here to break cycles. I believe today God's going to break some things off of some people. I know you may have came in here today to hear a Christmas message about, you know, sweet baby Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about the Jesus who sets people free today. Ricky Bobby. So anyway... So there's a carnal-minded ecosystem that you know when you live in this when you live in a world of carnality and and all your thoughts and all of your feelings and everything around you and the people around you are feeding your flesh. It's not going to end well. But he says to be spiritually minded is a whole nother ecosystem because when you get around the word of God, you get around the Spirit of God, you get around the people of God, that all represents the ecosystem. It all interacts together, right? How many of you thank God for church? Amen. I know church takes a bum rap today, you know. People say church is, you know, what's the purpose of the church? Church is the, the days of the church is over. I, I beg your pardon. The, the, God's just getting started. Hold on. And and yes, the church needs to change some ecosystems within the within the body, but that's because it's possible to walk as a church in carnality. And what, is that healthy? No, it produces divisions and strife. Paul said in Corinthians. Preach, Pastor Mike, you're really doing good. Amen, thanks, I need the encouragement. Yeah, all right, here we go. Now write this down because this is so powerful. Whatever you cultivate will dominate. Whatever you cultivate will dominate. You see, you are responsible for your world and the world within you and the world around you. In other words, you invite things in or you push things out. Is that true or not? You embrace things or you, te- you tell things, take a hike, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. That's what, that's what life is all about. Wisdom is knowing the difference between what you should embrace and wisdom is what you should not embrace and you should get out of. Wisdom is the principal thing, the Bible says, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And so if you're going to live in a place where you're fruitful and your life is blessed, you, there's some things that, yes, you have to say yes to, but the problem is... Many of us don't know what to say no to. Preach on, Pastor Mike. You're really hitting it hard today. I'm loving it, Pastor Mike. Thank you. Whatever you cultivate will dominate. Whatever you cultivate will dominate. How many of you ever planted a garden? And you didn't just throw seed in the ground, but you planted it? And then you fertilized it, and then you weeded it, and you cultivated it, and then one day you ate the fruit of it, because what you cultivated dominated. But see, isn't it interesting? You don't have to do anything for the weeds to come and overtake it. So by doing nothing, you're cultivating the wrong kind of harvest. Do you get where I'm coming from today? Whatever you cultivate will dominate. So let's keep moving. So let's just use it. I want to use a couple illustrations. So let's say you're an angry person. Not anybody here. Let's say at the church up the street here, there's some angry people. Because we know there's nobody here like that. But let's just say, you know, they're up there over this church over here, there's some angry people. And they have trouble with anger. And when, and when they walk in anger, because the anger can come from all kinds of sources, normally it's something that's broken inside of us. And because something's broken in us, we're, we're, in a, we're angry. We're in a slow burn. Look at your neighbor and say, are you angry? Look at your neighbor and say, are you hangry? Remember that? So maybe, maybe that you got this slow burn on the inside of you, and maybe you have this sweet demure, but how many of you know that anger isn't always just this person who's yelling and screaming, but a lot of angry people act demure and act quiet, but they're not really quiet, they're burning on the inside. You know how you know that? It's what comes out. Because what happens if you're angry is you will lash out. How you doing today? What's it to you? Are you feeling good today? Why, did somebody tell you I'm not? Honey, is there anything I can do for you? Why, what what do you want? So when you're angry, you, you know, whatever is within a man comes out. Say amen. amen. It goes for women too. Ah. Get your elbows ready because this is where you're going to start elbowing each other. So if you're an angry person, what happens is you lash out. When you lash out, people react to your lashing out. And you can, you know, I don't, I can't figure out why people don't like me. And so what you do is you withdraw as a form of protection because, (laughs) because, can I tell you how this works? When you lash out, all of a sudden, you get real quiet, and even though the fire's burning on the inside, all of a sudden, you withdraw, and then when you withdraw, you sense rejection. No, wait, 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 listen to me. See, you feel like people are put, putting their arms linked at you, and, and, and think about it. Would, wouldn't you want to keep a person who's lashing out at arm's distance? So you're lashing out at people and then you feel rejection because they're just trying to protect themselves because they don't want the overflow of your anger like Mount Vesuvius and they don't want you to throw up on them. And so you've sensed rejection and then guess what happens when you feel rejected? You get angry. and now because i'm angry <laughs> let's go let's go to somebody down the street here who deals with shame they have a great deal of shame in their life because of their past because of the shame in their life they isolate themselves Because they can't feel good and they can't feel accepted and they can't open up and let people in because they have all this shame and because they have this shame and they they draw back and won't connect with people because they fear they fear relationships because the relationships cause them to think about their shame and the fact that that there that that, that that there's this thing in their life and if they people find out who I really am they won't love me so they isolate themselves disconnect themselves pull back from someone else you see the cycle when you isolate yourselves you feel disconnected and when you feel disconnected you feel unworthy because. Now all of a sudden you're like, why don't people? Why don't people want to be around me? Why don't people want to be with me? Because you're pulling back. You've isolated. You built these walls, and now you're feeling unworthy. And when you feel unworthy, guess what happens? You feel shame. Take another lap around Mount Sinai till you learn your lesson. And so these cycles go on through our lives, and these cycles, I could, I could, we could do this in any number of things, but I feel like shame is a big one. I feel like there's people here today that you fit right into this, that, that people call you bashful, and they say you're shy, but you know what it is? You're not shy. You know what it is? You're full of shame. And you know what I want to tell you today? Shame off you. Get the shame off you. You do not have to hide yourself. This is a safe place where people will love you for who you are and everything you are. And we, don't, we, we love you for who God has called you to be. I don't care where you've been. I do not care what you've done. If you knew where I've been and what I've done, you probably wouldn't even be sitting here today. But you see, I don't live in that shame. I live in the salvation that broke that cycle off my life. And now I live in this cycle of life because God has brought me out of my isolation, brought me into a place of connection. First of all, I'm connected to Him. And it's like getting a hold of 220. <clears throat> and he has changed my life and now I know I am worthy as a son of God. And so listen to me. We have to break these cycles now and here's, I want to go back to peace. Everybody say peace. So peace is the umpire for doing God's will. Here's Colossians 3.15 in the Amplified. Let the peace of Christ The inner calm of one who walks daily with him. Whew. The inner calm. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm. See, I can, a storm can be raging on the outside, but as long as I have this inner calm, I'm okay. Everybody say amen. Amen. How many of you know it's not the storm on the outside that you need to worry about? It's the storm on the inside. It's not the storm on the outside that's going to sink you. It's the storm on the inside that's going to sink you. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, speak today. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of the one who walks daily, every minute, every moment of every day, Jesus walks with us, let him be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. So remember I said back in the beginning, I said peace is how you know the will of God. You know how you know the will of God? By the peace of God that testifies with an inner calm and assurance on the inside of you. So this is where I get the idea that peace is the umpire for God's will. What is the chief role of an umpire? An umpire is there to call you safe or out. Paul says here that the peace of God, the peace of Christ, is the controlling factor deciding, deciding and settling questions that arise. Should I do this, God? Well, what is the peace of God testifying on the inside? Yeah, this is safe. Then you know what you do? You follow your peace. If the peace of God is absent and he's calling you out, guess what you should do? Guess what you should do? Stop. Stop. Peace is the deciding and settling factor in questions that arise should I take this job God should I take this job look God this job pays twice what my other jobs paying look God this job is going to do this this and this and yet inside you don't have a piece about it you know what you should do no no Oh, but God, I'm fasting and praying. What are you fasting and praying for? That God will give you another decision? Oh, but God, I I really want this. See, Christians today in in America have a problem. We have forgotten that when we became believers, our life became, (laughs) our life belonged to Jesus and we surrendered up our rights to him. Therefore, it is not my will be done. You know what the problem with the Western Christianity today is? That people think they can do it their way and still be a believer. And Jesus said, why call you me Lord if you're not going to do what I say do? That'll make you a popular preacher today. That'll bring in tons of people. Tell people, hey, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you got to surrender up your life on the altar. You can have it all, Lord, except this over here and this over here. Now, this belongs to me, Lord. This is back here. I got, I got this, but I give you everything else, Lord. You can have all, well, not all, but make such a beautiful song, but it's a, it's a whole challenge to walk it out when God's saying, I want you to go this way. I want you to go this way. And the peace of God is, is, that, is what you have to live in the environment of to know which direction to go. Because listen, I have seen people step down. Do you, can I tell you, I have seen people take a demotion because they felt like that's what God was calling them to do. And in the end, guess what happened? Because of their obedience to God, Because they surrendered their right and took the low road instead of what looked like the best road, God saved the best for those who leave the decision up to him. It is the peace of God that decides and settles questions. So let me ask you this question. A lot of people come to me, you know, they go, Pastor Mike, what do you think I should do? Here's what you should do, is ask yourself, do I have peace? Because there's a lot of you sitting in this room right here that peace is calling you out because you're doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. You're dabbling in stuff that you shouldn't be dabbling in. Some of you men are looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, and the peace of God is left and called you out and lifted, and you're in, you're in anxiety over it and thinking, uh, is, is this bad? Is this really all that bad? Well, let me ask you the question. Do you love peace enough to say no to what God says no to, and peace to say yes to what God says yes to? You know, it's like, so let's talk talk about marriage for a second. Y'all have peace about your marriage? Because if you don't have peace about your marriage, you know what you should be doing? Getting help. Are you gonna wait till the wheels fall off the wagon and then go, hey, well, I think I need some help here? Or are you gonna let the peace of God be the deciding factor and say, you know what, I, I should do something. Can I give you can I give y'all a recommendation? Y'all ought to join this man right here on Sunday nights at four o'clock, and he will take you to Bishop Johnson's marriage class. At Living Stones in Crown Point, and I guarantee you, it will change your marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can sit here and live in this anxiety and this strife, and then when the devil lays you low, say, "Well, I think I need some help," because the ecosystem determines. What you're going to eat and what you're going to reap and what you're... Because why? Because what you cultivate dominates. And if your marriage isn't in peace, you have planted some bad stuff. And it's much better to plant the right stuff and eat the good of the land Then have to plant this negative stuff and then pray, oh God, don't let this come to pass. Don't let this come to pass. And God says, what do you mean? Whatever you sow, that's you shall also reap. I know y'all ain't amen to me. I didn't think y'all was going to shout and bounce off the walls. But peace is the umpire. Are you safe? Do you feel safe? Do you feel like you're in the will of God or are you pushing the limits? You have one foot here and one foot there. And then you wonder, why I have no peace? Why am I so tormented? Why am I so tore up? Because you're living in two realms. Peace is the umpire for doing the will of God. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members of one body of believers. Y'all want a little more? Or have, 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 have I made you all mad? So get this. So when peace is the umpire for doing the will of God, you live in the environment of peace. Peace is what you're after. Anything that upsets my peace, I, I am not going to let anything steal my peace. You with me? So because peace is the umpire for doing the will of God, I live in an attitude of Repentance. Now, this isn't the old-fashioned repentance words. Repent, you sinner. You sinner, repent. You dirty, no good, rotten sinner, repent. What repentance means in the scripture, listen to me. Repentance means to get your thinking right. Repentance is how you turn those thoughts that are not sowing into peace out of your life. In other words, listen to me. You cannot afford to think anything in your head that God isn't thinking. Let me ask you a question. What's in your head that isn't in God's? <laughs> because anything that's in your head that's not in His, you need to repent and change. Because when you repent, what repentance does is it brings the presence of God. See, when I start thinking in line with what God is saying and what God is thinking and what God has said, it's, it says, "Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so that you'll be there in the presence or the times of refreshing. So now I live in an ongoing daily presence. you know, you know, in this presence, you have to foster it. You have to court the presence of God. You have to go after God. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. you got to make Jesus a priority in your life. you got to make Jesus Lord of your life. Jesus is tired of being your spare tire that you break out when you have a flat in life. Oh, Jesus, I need you, and then you get fixed, and he brings you back together to get you into this peace cycle and repentance, but you get better, and you go, whoo, going back here to my old thing, until the next thing. That's a cycle for some of you right there. I don't understand it. Well, I think about it. If you're not walking in peace and you're not walking in an attitude of repentance, you're seeking God, you're searching God, you're looking in his word, you're praying, you're you're putting your heart into God, you're putting your priorities into God, then you have no presence because you know what you're sensing? You're sensing strife, anxiety, worry, fear. But when you walk in peace, brings repentance, brings the presence, I want to walk in the presence of God. And then I'm very sensitive about how in the presence of God that I maintain my integrity, my character. I don't compromise. And then what happens is it produces freedom. Presence produces freedom. Why? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So if you're, if you're held by something today, you know why? It's because the Holy Spirit's waiting for you to come back to peace, to repentance, to presence, to freedom. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is, say it. Are you free today? Are you free today? Are you walking in complete freedom? This is serious business, folks, I know. Are you free in your heart? Free in your mind? If we put all your thoughts up on the screen today, what would that look like? Oh my Lord. But God, the Bible says God knows your thoughts. He sees my thoughts afar off. I sometimes, here's, here's where I was about six months ago. My mind was so goofed up. I was so depressed. I told you this. I was in a state of depression I was ready to quit and God said I'm not done with you son and he brought me to this place where look if you will walk in me and seek me I'm going to bring you into this and I started I've been in in six I've been in 140 days of repentance the good kind where i am God, get this junky thought out of me and put your thought in me Get this negative thing out of me and put your thing in me. For I know the plans that I have to you, says the Lord, plan, plans to bless you. Why, why am I thinking, that say, this ain't, ain't going to end well, this ain't going to end well. Be careful, Mike, be careful, this ain't going to end well. And then I'm fearful and I'm drawn back when I should be faithful and going, God, I know your plan for me is blessed me. I'm walking into everything you have for me. That's the only way you can do that is if you're walking in this life. God broke that depression off me. He broke that stinking thinking off of my life. He broke, I, I, listen, you, Pastor Mike, have you got it down perfect? Heck no. But I'm going to do some more repenting. I got some more thinking that's got to be stinking, of confronted and cast out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to renew my mind. Be not conformed to this world. See, whatever environment your, your mind is building around you is what the world you're going to live in. Are, y- are y'all with me this morning? Is this just too real for some of y'all? Because I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to show you that. You, yes, you, I don't Listen, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking, where's the door? No, because this is where it gets real. Do you want to grow up in the things of God and walk in an environment of peace and let the peace of God rule in your heart is what the King James says. Let the peace of God control your decisions and live in an environment of victory and, and power and hope And because remember the cycle we talked about last week? We talked about tribulations, works patience, patience, endurance and endurance experience and experience hope. That's what you do when you walk this out with God because listen to me, I keep thinking about where I've been and how God brought me out. I keep looking, The prophetic words that God keeps giving me about where I'm going. So if I see where I've been and God's blessed me and I see the promise of God where I'm going, then what I'm in right now can't stop me. That's why we testify, hallelujah. We give testimony to the power that God has kept me and then I look to the prophetic and God says, "I, I got plans for you and I'm like, let's go get it, Jesus. See, some of you have given up on that some of you said I, I can't take it anymore it's hopeless that's what the devil wants you to think because he wants to steal your peace take away your changes of thinking take away the presence take away your freedom and put you in a cycle of death say amen somebody wow turn that off I'm going to quit Uh, it's a miracle. I, 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 I've been fighting. You can hear, I, I've been fighting this. I preached a funeral Wednesday night, and I, I hacked through the whole thing. But it was such a, and I, I'm, having, I'm having trouble breathing right now. But I want to tell you something. I delivered my soul to you this morning. And I did it because I love you, and I did it because I want to see you break cycles. Because here's what I see for some of you. You see what this is? This is a Dixie cup, if you don't know. I buy these at Sam's. I put my coffee in them. I do have one thing I love. Not as much as Jesus, but I love coffee. You know what I really love? I love hot coffee. Listen to me. I love the way hot coffee, especially when hot coffee, hot coffee has the ability to, to, to impact something that's cold or that's needing warmth. Are you with me? I love to go to McDonald's. I love to go to a uh, reason I love, I don't really like McDonald's coffee, but I get the senior discount. And it's only like 59 cents. But then I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I really love Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and the hotter the better. And I love to drink it when it burns my lips. And when it gets lukewarm, you know what I want to do with it? I want to spew it out of my mouth. Because it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's it's not it's not hot, it's not cold, it's lukewarm. the thing you take a hot isn't it interesting you take a hot cup of coffee what happens to it the moment you start you take it out of the pot out of the warmer what happens to it what it cools down why why does it cool down that there's no heat to it right it's, it's taken out of the environment where it's it, it has an outside influence exerting on it and making it hot. So you pull it out, and the moment you pull it out of that environment, that thing begins to cool. Can I tell you that when you get saved and Jesus comes in, you still have to live in an ecosystem, in an environment where there are outside influences, like the Holy Spirit moving into you, the fellowship of the church encouraging you the word of God speaking to you the prayers of God filling you with passion and flame and you fill yourself with this because you you need that thing to keep you hot to keep it burning but the moment you separate it and you stop it becomes to get lukewarm Because let me ask you a question. If you take, you take this hot cup of coffee, and if I put it in the refrigerator, what happens to it? It's going to become the temperature of the environment. That's the way some of you are living your life. You are a thermometer. You just reflect the temperature of the room. But God does not want you to be a thermometer. He wants you to be a thermostat. You know what a thermostat does? You see those two things on the wall back there? Those are thermostats. They don't tell the temperature of the room. They set the temperature of the room and when the things begin to cool down the sensor says hey it's time to fire this up and all of a sudden you hear it and all of a sudden the fire ignites and something begins to warm the room up I'm telling you today this is what God is doing in the church right now the church has got to shake itself off of this lukewarmness and thinking I can do this without God, I can do it without prayer, I can do it without the church I can do it without everybody no you can't, you have got to walk in this ecosystem and let peace be the umpire and when you don't feel like you're in the will of God you need to stop and say God line me up fire me up ignite me oh God otherwise all you'll do is reflect the temperature of the room see that's what all uh, look at it most of the church is just whining about, look at the world. Look at how bad the world is. I don't need to know how bad the world is. I did not even know if anybody found the fire of God that can warm this thing up. Stand to your feet with me.